and welcome Raise Your Game today. I'm David Levin. This is our Friday episode, so we're talking all things inner game. Tuesdays are for sports and sports parenting. Fridays are for everybody. So how are you today? How are things with your inner game? Anything pulling at your attention, making things hard today, stressed, precious, anxious, tired, anything like that? Or are things pretty good? <laughs> for me, pretty good. I'm a little bit stressed with a couple of business things that are moving slowly. I can't quite figure out what's going on there. That's on my mind a bit. We have a trip coming up. Planning for that always adds a little bit of stress, but it's going to be fine. And Otherwise, things are good. Feeling good. Everybody's good. Let's call it good. So today we have a few, speaking of good, good things to talk about. Uh, of course, my ups and downs for the week. We're going to talk a bit about the blame game and personal accountability. Great story this week from the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll talk again about the great Marshawn Lynch mental game practice that we have. Uh, marriage and family therapist Michelle Thomas is joining us again today. We, of course, have our charging station challenge of the week, building on the one from last week, and our recommendations for the week. So we'll start with ups and downs. What things were lifting me up this past week? What things were pulling me down, making life harder? In the ups column for me this week, I think I mentioned earlier that I was running lights for my daughter's eighth grade play, right, Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> I remember, right, I did say it because I was sort of freaking out when I couldn't figure things out uh, with the light board. Well, the play had its run last week, and it was great. It was actually really fun. It took a bit of time, uh, you know, several performances, but it was fun, lovely, happy to be a part of it. It was actually my down, too, at times because I had a surprising amount of performance anxiety, which is funny to me because, you know, I'm not on stage, but, and there wasn't that much to it, to doing the lights, you know, once things were set up, but there were still enough uh, ways to mess things up. And even though I was totally hidden away in the booth and pretty much no one would know if anything went wrong, uh, almost certainly, I was still nervous enough before the show that I had to do a little intentional work to uh, bring myself down, talk myself down, get centered, Relax, just try and focus using some of my own, uh, you know, material there. It's kind of funny, again, because the stakes really were quite low. But I was pretty stressed. So anyway, ups and downs this week from the same source, the eighth grade play. Fun, just great, rich life kind of fun stuff. I'll also say that uh, things have warmed up this week. That always helps for me. I actually was able to take the new scooter out on a couple of errands the other day. Very fun, that. Looking forward to the summer for that. So all good. All right, that's ups and downs. Next up, our quote of the week. All right, our quote of the week. This week we will hear from Joseph Campbell. He was a writer, professor in the 20th century, most famous for his hero's journey work and the Power of Myth series with Bill Moores, if you old enough to remember that. Anyway, his quote is, your life is the fruit of your own doing. You have no one to blame but yourself. Your life is the fruit of your own doing. You have no one to blame but yourself. This idea can sound sort of harsh, you know, depending on the context. Um, and it's interesting to me that he only talks about, you know, what seems like bad things, things you might want to blame others for. It seems to me you could also say you should take credit where credit is due. But anyway, on the blame question, 
Ultimately, I think this just really is true, especially with our inner life. External things are frequently not of our doing, right? They happen to us, but our inner state ultimately always is. And so when we get stuck in this cycle of blaming others or blaming our situation or whatever for our problems rather than taking responsibility for them, it keeps us ultimately from being happy and successful because we never actually do anything about it. Blame is the opposite of action, and action is how we make things better. So anyway, that's why I like this quote. It has a touch of tough love in there, yes, but it's true, and realizing it puts us on a much better path to making things better. So there you have it, Joseph Campbell. Your life is the fruit of your own doing. You have no one to blame but yourself. Think about that, and we'll move on to the top stories. All right, top stories. This week, my top story comes from the Super Bowl, and you don't even need to know or care about the game for this one. This is a smaller item compared to everything else with the game, but I love it because it's a good news story, and I don't get to talk about many of those, it seems like. So anyway, the story is, near the end of the game, and it was a close game, like I think maybe tied at this point, less than two minutes left, there was a holding call on the Eagles that very possibly cost them the game. And people were all up in arms about it, as you can imagine, because the general consensus was that it wasn't the kind of call you should make at that point in the biggest game of the year. It wasn't flagrant, it was a judgment call. And again, it probably did cost them the game. You could really make that argument. But that's not what got my attention. The part I loved was that the player who the penalty was called on, his name's James Bradbury, afterward, he was total class. It would have been so easy and maybe even understandable to blame the ref like everyone else was doing. Man, he never should have made that call. We were robbed, blah, blah, blah. So easy to take that path. But instead, he said, yeah, I pulled the jersey. It was a holding. I mean, I hoped he would let it go, but he's a ref. It's a big game. He called it. It was holding. I can't get over how thrilling it was to just hear someone tell the truth about something and take responsibility for it. You know, geez, there is so little of that now. All the lying and gaslighting and bullshitting all the time, no reality, no accountability, alternate facts. It's just all you hear anymore. And it is so depressing and corrosive and wrong. So this one guy standing up and saying, yeah, well, I did it. It was holding. It's just the most amazing, thrilling, newsworthy item in the world this week. It's crazy. And by the way, it wasn't just him. You read the article, and I, I recommend you do it. The link's in the notes. There are many guys on the team, including the coach, all quoted having the same kind of accountable mindset. It's beautiful. So big hats off to him and the whole team, of course. But for the rest of us, can we please take a lesson from this? Can we please just act like grown-ups again? For God's sakes. This was a great thing for him to do, but it should not be so shocking and newsworthy. This should be the norm. This is how adults act. We are responsible. We own our mistakes. We speak the truth. God, help us. How can this be so rare? I just don't understand it. So anyway, 
Oh, you can tell that one fires me up a bit. That was my happy news this week. Happy with a, a tinge of sad, I suppose, because it should not have been news in the first place. <laughs> James Bradbury, yep, I did it. What a refreshing thing to say. For our Tolstoy scale, how does it serve humanity? This is pretty great. I don't think it's quite a five. It's not that epic, right? It is still pretty small uh, in the scheme of things, but I'm giving it a four plus. This kind of behavior absolutely serves humanity and we desperately need as much of it as we can get. All right, that's my top story. This week, James Bradbury and the Philadelphia Eagles taking responsibility for their actions. Can you imagine such a thing happening in today's world? My goodness. Next up, Intergame Gold. All right, Intergame Gold. So these are the ideas and concepts I come back to over and over to help me stay on track. So of course, we're gonna be revisiting them on a regular basis because that's what I do. So last week, we broke that pattern a bit to talk about a new piece of Inner Game Gold, which was a beautiful Inner Game mechanics illustration from Alice in Wonderland, showing how our negative thoughts come at us and we tend to just go along with them and agree with them. And then what we want to do instead is to say, now hang on, let's think about that, <laughs> make our own choices and decisions. Anyway, hope that was helpful. This week, staying with the themes of uh, personal accountability, personal responsibility, and sports, I want to revisit what I call the Marshawn Lynch technique. Marshawn again is an NFL football player, great, great player, running back. And he has this practice where he looks in the mirror and asks himself, what kind of person do you want to be today? And again, I just love that so much. It's the ultimate personal responsibility. What kind of person do you want to be? It's up to you. You're in control of the kind of person you're being. You'll be one kind or another. Either way, you might as well think about what kind you want to be and then get out there and do that. Total intention and ownership. I love it. So that's our inner game gold for the week. Look in the mirror. Ask yourself, what kind of person do you want to be today? All right, think about that. We'll move on to raise your outer game. All right, raise your outer game. This is where we talk about things we care about in our outer life, our health, our relationship, our finances. And this week, we're joined again by a friend of the pod, Michelle Thomas, marriage and family therapist. Michelle, good to see you. Thank you for joining us. I will say, folks, Michelle and I had this wonderful conversation a few minutes ago. Just fantastic. I was so excited to share it with you. And it turned out I forgot to hit record. So <laughs> I'm going to ask some of the same questions because it was such, uh, such a good topic. And uh, we'll see what we get this time. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic because Michelle knows what she's talking about. So anyway, um, I do want to ask you a little about this. Um, I, again, in the recording that I lost, it's forever lost, I che was checking in, how are you doing? And you were talking about just all the stuff you had going on this week. It's this insane load of parenting week with... I'll just recap some. Uh, your yeah. husband, Chris, is CPA. This is the time when CPAs are just at work all the time. Um, we went to a lovely event last night, and your eldest daughter was there doing a, a performance, and she's in a musical, and you got the three kids. Oh, and you had a sick kid, too. So we were just talking about how there's just some weeks when parenting is just a lot, 
and kind of how you were doing with that. So just talk a little bit about that again. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So you capped it pretty well. The other thing I would add is that um, because it was a big piece was my 13 year old is being is very challenging right now. Oh, right. Really um, like she doesn't like any boundaries. She's kind of angry and upset with us almost at all times it feels she wants to isolate in her room and, and it's uh, you know I do a lot of questioning about like am I doing this right I know it's not my job to be her friend but it also really really feels awful to feel like you're just constantly at odds you know with one of your children and so what I was saying is that when we went to this event last night like I was feeling particularly vulnerable and sensitive and um, we had had an argument, you know, that you like before we left and with my daughter and she stayed home and but I'm also there to support my eldest daughter and she's super excited about what she's about to do. And so um, it just and then by the end of the night, I kind of reconciled with my 13 year old and um, kind of we we that a little bit got swept under the rug. We do have to address that. But we ended up talking just about school and her sister's performance and. Um, luckily we videotaped it so she could see it. But anyway, it ended up like all kind of working out by the time we all went to bed. And I was just like, and, and actually now that I'm thinking about it, I did, I went, I had to go downstairs to like let the dog out or do something. And I like stood in the kitchen and cried because I oh. was like, this was such a day. <laughs> like it just felt, I had a sick kid at home with me. I had to cancel all my appointments and reschedule them for other days. Um, and then, you know, had this argument with my daughter that lasted a couple of hours, uh, went to this public event, saw my other daughter do this like really remarkable thing that she's never done before. And it was just a oh. roller coaster. And I was like so happy that like, okay, like I reconciled with one daughter. The other daughter had like this really amazing night. I also am no closer to understanding how I'm supposed to, to do, you know, it's kind of like, it was just everything. And, um, yeah, it was just a big day, but it's kind of this whole week has kind of looked like that. Yeah. 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 There's so much in there to unpack. The thing that strikes me is just this, that's, that, that's so much a story of what parenting is like. I mean, it's, it is this the roller coaster is a good term for it. This, this whiplash, this, intense mix of hard and joyful and yeah. overwhelm and oh my goodness yeah. i remember I, I remember saying this in our early segment i was uh we were out at dinner the other night and there was a family there with younger kids and i just flashed back and i said to margaret i remember when like i think they had two or three younger kids and when it literally felt sort of like a miracle whenever we got we made any transition. It like going to the, going out to the restaurant to dinner is like, oh my gosh, we made it through this meal. We're packing up now and we're going. It's like I can't believe it. And I really remember that getting to school in the morning. You know, all that all that stuff and that time schedule and especially in the winter with all the layers and all the stuff and the lunches and it's just like I can't believe we made it. And it's day after day after day. <laughs> yeah. And most days, I'll say this now, maybe I'm putting a rose-colored glasses on my memories. Most days I really liked it. I mean, I found it sort of enlivening and, and sort of thrilling, but there certainly were periods where it was like, oh my gosh, this is, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> it's well, too almost, much. And It's almost too much to even say like, oh, I had a good day 
or a bad day. It's like yeah. broken up into these chunks of time where, you know, even in our morning, I would say there's 40 minutes of which are fine. People are eating breakfast. We're getting up. We're greeting each other. There's like 15 minutes of like, whose turn is it to feed the dog? And did you get your thing? And do you need to bring it in? <laughs> like everyone's kind of shouting and rushing because yeah. now yeah. time's ticking. And then somehow we all get in the car and we take a breath and pull out yeah. of the driveway and get to school. And then like I was saying, you know, the last time, like I get back in my car and everyone's where they need to be and everyone was on time. And if I compare that to like 20 minutes before that moment, that just felt like such chaos. Yeah. And somehow we just do this <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I love it. And it's crazy. <laughs> And so then we talked a little bit about how, you know, your knowledge and education in this in the you know therapy world um, helps you uh, know how to take care of yourself and and navigate that stuff as best you can and find the space you need. Uh, like you mentioned this morning, you just took some time, you know, and just yeah. and didn't feel bad about that. And then the next question was kind of the difference between that and I'm, I didn't say it that well then, and I'm, I can tell I'm not going to say it that well again now, but. Um, in the parents who come to you, you know, that you really can tell that even just that sort of level of um, self-awareness to start with and also having some strategies and permission is something that not everybody has. That It's really kind of the first thing you need to do with them is to help them start to just see some of the, that basic framing and the context. And just talk a little bit more about how you tend to help parents when they come in, like some of the earliest things, most helpful things just starting out. Yeah. I think a lot of people when they're coming into therapy, whether it be, you know, parenting issues, couples issues, um, individual stuff, is they just want to be heard and they just need a lot of empathy. You know, that the way that they've been doing life is hard. And maybe that's with a difficult partner. Maybe that's parenting without a lot of support. Maybe that's really trying to do better than their parents did, but they haven't really acknowledged and processed uh, their own childhood. And that's now affecting their relationships and their parenting and stuff like that. So I see a lot, like a lot of is collecting the information and then kind of reflecting back to them like, wow, yeah, this is a lot. You've been, this is a lot and like good for you to acknowledge hmm. you need help sorting all of this out. There's a meme, you know, that I've seen on like from fellow therapists, you know, like on Facebook and stuff like that, where they talk like there's someone that just has like a basically like a knotted ball of yarn, you know, or like kind of hanging above them, like just this maze of lines and whatever. And then like the next slide is of like being in therapy and they're like winding up the spools of all these pieces of mm. yarn because that's kind of what it is is you're kind of organizing these things because it just mm. feels like chaos mm. Mm. i totally get that and and i think you mentioned earlier that one of the big things that's on their mind is that they're just worried about not doing a good job as parents especially yep. right i mean they're just, they're just freaked out that i'm i'm failing i don't know what to do i can't do it i'm damaging my kids forever that kind mm -hmm. of that, yeah. that, and, and I've heard that elsewhere, too, that, that that's really common. Yeah. I mean, and even for me, who's read the books, done the studying, you know, I hear the stories like I don't know that I'm 
well, I'm definitely not doing it right all the time. Let's just say that. I'm sure there's things that I'm doing and really I'm just trying to improve. You know, I'm trying to learn, trying to grow, take feedback, you know, whatever. Um, and no one's doing it perfect. Like not a single person, no one on Instagram. Don't worry about it, people. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not happening. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, one of the things, you know, we talked about that is kind of the next step when people are realizing like um, what I would call is they're feeling dysregulated. Like they're not, um, they're <clears throat> yelling at their kids. They're, they're feeling super stressed out and triggered and maybe growing resentment in their partner or their, you know, ex-partner if they're, you know, co-parenting like that or whatever. So I'm, what, where I start with a lot of that is just the noticing. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's notice where are, we're getting triggered in life right? Mm -hmm. Like what mm -hmm. are their commonalities? Are there things, you know, what, what are we seeing about that? And the noticing of what's the feeling that's coming up? What are the thoughts that are associated with that feeling? And how are you behaving? And that's cognitive behavioral therapy in a nutshell. Um, mm -hmm. That's super effective um, for people is then where can you find space? If you're noticing that you're getting ramped up and you're about to yell, can you find a beat there? Can you take a breath instead? and think of a better way to say that, that isn't gonna like scare your child or cause conflict with your teenager or whatever. And so that's kind of the beginning process of what are you noticing? Can you take a breath? What can you remember? What's another thought you can have other than this mm -hmm. kid's being a jerk <laughs> you know, or whatever um, mm -hmm. to then have a different behavior and start responding in that way rather than the way you've been you know, habituated to respond. Yeah, yeah, that makes great sense. And again, it ties in exactly with the kind of stuff we suggest in the, the Sports Academy stuff, too. It's that process, uh, not process, but that combination of first the self-awareness. What do I see coming up? What, Like you can see the storm coming. Like I think you mentioned earlier, the, the feelings arise before the behavior. And, and typically, if you're really slowing down the tape and looking, uh, the thought arises before the feeling, before the behavior. But you can't do anything about it until you see it, right? I mean, so the first thing is to just develop that ability to kind of self-observe um, and then start to see those things coming, see the triggers. Yeah. Like, do you sometimes have somebody who's like, I don't, I'm not, not sure what you're talking about. Like, how do you help someone um, who, like, you, they're so in that natural automatic process of feel, react, feel, react. How do you help them recognize that there is a there's actually kind of a step mechanism going on that yeah. they could step into? Or maybe well, it's not a problem very often. How often is it a problem where they just don't really even quite get what you're talking about? Yeah, I think it's more often the issue that they so if someone's having trouble with that, so it, it's kind of all of it, right? Like mm -hmm. some people come in, they know they're almost too self-blaming about like, I'm a horrible person, I can't figure this out. What's wrong with me that I'm so depressed? Um, and that's where a lot of compassion and empathy and self-love and mm -hmm. you know self-compassion comes in of like, because life is hard and things have happened 
and we got to like figure this out together. Right. And so they're already noticing at least about themselves. Right. Mm. Whereas some people right, come in and they're upset about their children. They're upset about their partner. They just kind of want to come and vent about how mm. awful their bosses or whatever, you know, the situation is. And then that's where I have to like bring them down into, oh, we can't change your boss's behavior. We can't actively right now change your child's behavior or your partner's behavior or your ex's behavior or whatever it is. What we can talk about is how are you processing all of that? How mm. are you holding that? Because if you're holding on to anger and resentment with all these various you know interactions, that's not serving anybody. In fact, that's how you got in the situation where you're like, you feel mm. like you're seeking help because you need to get out of it, right? So mm. then that's where we start tapping into like, yes, I hear your child is like really aggravating you right now. How are you handling that? How do you yeah. feel? What do you think when, when they say that to you? Because a lot of people, they can tell you about other people's behaviors and things other yeah. people are saying. That's easy. <laughs> so then when I yeah. turn it and say, well, what did you think when they said that? How did you feel when they said that? What did you do when they said that? Then it starts turning it on them of self-exploration of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you obviously had a response. Let's talk. That's that's a more productive use of our time here is to sure. help you figure out how to deal with that. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So we're, I'm going to assume that most of our listeners um, have enough self-awareness to realize that th that they're they're seeing some behaviors in themselves that they don't feel great about, that they'd like to get a better understanding of and get a better handle on. So for them, just to land the plane, as they say, if somebody wanted to just work on something this week, what would you suggest was a little homework assignment for them to make a little progress, baby steps toward getting, uh, seeing some better outcomes in their behavior when they get triggered? Yeah, I would, there's probably something then that that's, you know, that's particularly triggering, let's say, like if they're noticing like this dynamic is not going well or this thing, um, I would start with, OK, well, what's your story about that thing? Like, what are you telling yourself about that thing? How do you feel mm -hmm. about that thing? You know, and, and sometimes like when I was saying that, I was even like, maybe it's getting out of bed to work out in the morning, you know, and that alarm goes off and you have lots of decisions to make in that moment. Right. And maybe if you're pressing snooze and you're not getting to the gym as often as you want to or whatever, but then you're just not feeling good about that. That's the part that's, that's the inroad, right? You don't like that. You actually feel better when you work out. So then what do we do? Okay. The alarm's going to go off. What is going to be your thought about that? Oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. Or is it going to be, I know this benefits me. Um, I'm going to feel better. And then how do we set that up for you have your gym clothes out, you got your bag ready, whatever it is. So it's kind of about piecing apart the thing that you see. And that comes with thoughts, feelings and behaviors. And so how do we not only acknowledge them, but eliminate hurdles and barriers to getting that, you know, to like, mm -hmm. like even I think of maybe after school time is always really rough because every year coming home from work, kids are home and tired and need a snack or whatever um if you're piss, picking that apart okay what do you need to do to get yourself regulated at pickup so that you can really absorb the energy you're about to get from all of your kids right so maybe just mm -hmm. in the car on the way you need to take some breaths and acknowledge 
we're going to enter this space, <laughs> you know, together. And then also kids are hungry. They're going to need a snack. Do you have that thought out and prepared? So it's kind of, you know, I just mm. think of it as like deconstructing the mm, thing mm -hmm. and what are the pieces you can tackle to set yourself up for success. And I know, like you mentioned last time, you know, journaling, noticing, that's all super helpful, but kind of mm -hmm. what's the thing that you are noticing needs improvement and then look really examining that. Yeah. All right. That's great. So that'll be their homework for the week. Pick up, pick if there's one, you can identify a particular sort of a dynamic, like you say, or a, a trigger that's happening for you kind of consistently enough to be an issue to just give yourself a couple of minutes to just think about it and, and pick it apart. And what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How can I uh, give myself some other options, some other ways to react? Uh, like I like the snack example because um, a lot of times, um, what's what I'm trying to say? You can, the problem actually starts a lot earlier. Like if I don't have snacks on hand, that's going to be the precursor to that being a problem when that time comes. So what what kind of things can you do to prepare yourself for that to go better? Plan ahead or whatever. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Very helpful. Hopefully we will see you uh, again soon. And right now that'll be the end of our um, outer game. Raise your outer game. I forgot what segment we're in. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll move to our charging station challenge. All right, our Charging Station Challenge for the week. We call it the Charging Station Challenge, of course, because we also invite you to join us in our Charging Station Challenge, uh, our Charging Station community. We'll talk about that in a sec. So last week, we had you monitor the pull you feel, the urge you feel to check your phone while you're with your family. That was a fairly tricky one, but I hope you were able to do it and that it helped you see how much that happens because that is the first step to getting control of it. So this week, I want to continue with that. Rather than just making note of the number of times it happens, let's have you resist at least one of these pulls every day. So you're with your partner or your kids. You notice the impulse to check your phone, but you say, nope, not now. It can wait. And you resist it. That's the challenge. See if you can't do that just one time a day. It's going to take a bit of focus to even remember to do it in the first place and then to notice the impulse because, excuse me, they happen very quickly. And then of course the willpower to resist it. It's actually a pretty big challenge, but I'm sure you can do it and that you'll love it. You really feel a difference when you do this. And not just because you are resisting and not being on the phone when you should be with people, although that's the obvious one, but there's another lift that comes from it, just from resisting the urge in the first place. So see if you get that experience. So give that a shot this week, once a day. Resist the urge to check your phone when you're with your family. Write down what that experience is like for you. And of course, bonus point for sharing it in the community. If you're not in the community yet, click the link in the notes. It's free. Just register and you can go straight into the challenge. And that's it for this week's challenge. All right, next up, highly recommended. So this is the things I'm crazy about right now, things I'm just loving on, books, shows, gadgets, etc. things I want to recommend. And oddly enough, I don't actually have anything to recommend this week. <laughs> I'm still reading the same book, still watching the same shows, nothing new I got my attention this week. So I guess that's how it goes sometimes. No highly recommended for this week. 
And that's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, please do tell your friends and invite them to join us and subscribe and download and all that good stuff. And of course, rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. It helps more people find the show and get the mental health boost we all need. If you have teenagers in sports, check out our Mental Game Starter Kit. It is a great set of resources to help you get started on the path of helping your child boost their mental game. Go to raiseyourinnergame.com, scroll to the bottom, you can learn about it there and register. All free, again, as usual. Of course, super helpful resources. If you'd like to support the show so we can keep things ad-free, please click the Buy Me A Coffee link below and thank you for that. For more mental game goodness, Join our free community, the Raise Your Inner Game Charging Station. Click the link here or go to raiseyourinnergame.com slash community. Again, it's totally free and you'll love it. Also, if you're listening to this on audio, but you like video, we post all our episodes on our YouTube channel as well. There's a link to that in the show notes. And then finally, we'll close with Leo Tolstoy from the Raise Your Inner Game book. The ultimate purpose in life is to serve humanity, to serve humanity. That's what we're doing. We're serving the people in our lives. It's hard work, but it's super important. So please keep up the good work and we'll see you next time.